Welcome to the Box Jumper Podcast. As always, I am your host, John St. Amand. I'm releasing this episode on Mother's Day. Why? Well, for this episode, I was joined by two guests, the owner of 902 Athletics, Joel Holland, and one of his very first clients and most ardent supporters, his mom, Elaine. I had been wanting to sit down and speak with Joel for the podcast for a while now, and I just hadn't yet managed to get down to Bridgewater to speak with him in person when there weren't other things going on. And then about two months ago, Joel posted a happy birthday message to his mom on Facebook thanking her for supporting him and being one of the first athletes to join his gym when it had its humble beginnings more than four years ago in the garage of the home Joel lived in with his parents at the time. That's right, 902 Athletics started in an honest-to-God garage in rural Nova Scotia where CrossFit wasn't yet a thing. Boy, did that change in a hurry, though. I had been into CrossFit about, eh, maybe about a year when I heard about the community that was booming down Bridgewater Way, a town about an hour outside of Halifax, with a population under 9,000 within its town limits. At that point, 902 Athletics would have been about two years into its life, having moved from Joel's parents' garage into a much larger facility that met its immediate needs for space, but wouldn't contain its growth for long. What you'll hear about in my chat with Elaine and Joel as I walk down memory lane with them Bridgewater was a town that needed CrossFit and the fitness community that Joel was going to build. They just didn't know it yet. And a quick side note, in case you don't do the math that I did coming out of my discussion with them, 902 Athletics boasts about 400 members today and is continuing to grow in a town of 8,500 and change officially. That's just under 5% of the population of Bridgewater with a membership at his facility. How many affiliates can match that staggering figure? It's a testament to the hard work and reinvestment strategy that Joel has had from day one, and the confidence, in no small part, coming from his mom that has allowed Joel to thrive in a small market that genuinely seems to embrace his broader approach to fitness. And in a first for this podcast, this episode has a video bonus feature. Visit boxjumper.ca slash episode 13 for a brief video tour of the impressive facility that Joel has built in Bridgewater and already has a vision to expand. It seemed a shame to talk about the design of his space and not be able to show it to you. I hope to do more video features down the line. So if you're listening to this episode on the day of its release, hit pause for the moment and call your mom. Done? You're back? All right. In 10 seconds, I'll be speaking with Joel Holland and his crossfitting and ever-supportive mom Elaine about how 902 Athletics is bringing big change to the fitness community in small-town Nova Scotia. Thanks for having me here in, in Bridgewater to, to tour the place. Um, I'll, I'll steer people to uh, the website in order to, to have a look at uh, what the facility really looks like, so that they get the benefit of, you know, it's it's not just a radio show, but <laughs> we've got a little bit of little bit of video to go yeah. along with it. Yeah. Um, and thank you for inviting your mother to to come and talk to us. Um, yeah. You know, I, I figured uh, it was it was kind of an interesting opportunity for me to, to I mean, I've, I've wanted to come down and talk to you for a while. And then when I saw your post uh, maybe a month and a half ago yeah. um, uh, about your mom and, and the, the influence that she had on the, the very beginnings of 902, I thought, hey, now there's an interesting angle for us to talk about. Right. Hmm. Um, so why don't we why don't we start there? Okay. Uh, introduce yourself and, okay. and tell me. How long have you been doing CrossFit? Alrighty. Well, I'm Elaine Holland, and I am the mother of Joel. And, um, yeah, I've been doing the CrossFit 
for four years now, uh, which uh, when you talk CrossFit, it used to scare me, and I never ever thought I would even attempt it. However, when Joel started up in our garage, um, I said, I'm going to give this a try, and uh, I did, and uh, I loved it ever since. Um, enjoy it immensely. Yeah. Uh, have seen some, not some, but a lot of improvements in different areas of yeah. my body and my uh, uh, other things. And uh, yeah, so uh, it was a fun thing when he opened up in the in the garage, and we had all these people coming who have been become friends now. Yeah. And. Uh, the, the biggest thing that my husband and I, David, uh, talk about is the fact that, oh, I miss when the girls used to come in and, and use the potty. We used to have a chance to sit down, <laughs> take, take away from their workout time maybe, and just have a little chat. <laughs> use their own bathroom to, in their house. Yeah, because of course there was no facility in the garage. Right. Um, we did uh, incorporate a, an air conditioner and a heater in here for him. So that oh, I could yeah. do yes. it during the winter months. But yeah. uh, we said, no, there's no bathroom going in there. Yeah. And I mean, it worked out fine. <laughs> and he wasn't there that long anyway. No. Yeah. You know, he graduated to uh, another facility. and uh, mm-hmm. About eight months. Yeah. 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 Not long at all. So, Joel, does that mean, so did you start up at, uh, did you have exposure to CrossFit at another box before you got started working out on your no. own here? So I uh, I played university baseball yeah. in Calgary, and I ended up uh, doing CrossFit-style training out of the Mount Royal University gym. Right. And they had Olympic weightlifting platforms, they had everything um, that you, you would need to do a regular-style CrossFit workout, mm-hmm. and... I found it extremely functional and useful to get in better shape because our coach was extremely oriented on fitness Mm -hmm. and crushing you each day after, (laughs) after the regular, you know, bullpen or infield practice or outfield practice. Um, we would be running stadiums. We would be doing sprints. We would be running for 45 minutes straight, push up, you know, like the normal, normal boot camp style stuff after a full day of baseball. So I wanted to get in better shape. I started doing CrossFit out there, Um, moved back home and, uh, went to the Y and I, uh, I had a few issues at the Y, mm-hmm. obviously. Gear um, limitations. Gear limitations. Chalk. Sideways looks for Side- when you did stuff. <laughs> Absolutely. Sideways look, chalk. Yeah. Um, I brought in chalk daily yeah. um, and got in a little trouble. And I got kicked, didn't get kicked out, I should say, but I got in. Uh, it was in implied. A, yeah, it was implied <laughs> that maybe if you're going to continue to do this, that this isn't the place for you. Right. And uh, a few friends... Uh, decided that we would uh, go to my parents' garage, or I, I decided we would go to my parents' garage, and they followed. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so we ended up uh, we ended up starting with three people, and continued to grow from there. What'd you start with for gear? I had two rowers, four barbells, five kettlebells, two squat racks, two pull-up bars, um, a set of rings, four wall balls, and a five hundred square foot garage. I was going to say, it's got to be a good-sized garage yeah, to house all that gear. Yeah, two-car garage, yeah. um, and it uh, it was an unbelievable experience because it was the breeding ground for community and yeah. the success that uh, that started to to happen within within everything that was going on 
when I moved home at the very beginning. Yeah, well, I mean, that's pretty consistent with the, the raw, um, you know, garage-style beginnings of CrossFit in general. You hear so many, so many people starting out at such a, such a, a grassroots level yeah. and growing, and it's, it's so awesome to see all these entrepreneurs, especially in Nova Scotia, um, grow their business and see it succeed. So what were you doing for programming when you first started? Were you just following main site or were you doing your own? No. So that's the, the funny thing is we were, I was following Chad's programming oh, okay. when he was with Blended. Yeah. Um, a guy named Ryan Buck had got, got 30 days of programming. Yeah. He was doing FireFit at the time. Mm-hmm. And I started to follow along with his FireFit stuff um, through Chad yeah. and ended up uh, really, really falling in love with the process of CrossFit and doing something different every single day. And... I just, I said, I don't want to do regular style exercise anymore. I want CrossFit and uh, went and did my level one and opened up 902 Athletics out of my parents' garage, had the full affiliation fee out of a 500 square foot garage for eight months. (laughs) Where where did you do your your L1? I did in Toronto. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Who was your flow master? Uh, Austin Maliello, Julie Fouché. Yeah, and Jim Fouché, wow. um, Jason McDonald. Yeah, he was he was mine. Yeah, um, he's awesome. Oh my gosh, he's awesome. Yeah, and uh, Matt Dubrek. Yes, um, from Quebec. Yeah, um, he was my and that was instructor. it. Yeah, we did, yeah. we just had the two for mine, but right, I mean, yeah, ours was here in Halifax, so smaller, yep. smaller group. Yep, yeah, it was unbelievable. Great experience. Flew up for the weekend. Spent it with friends and got some great education. The level one is such a such an awesome course, and I just recently did my level two mm-hmm. um, at CrossFit Moncton. Yeah, and had Jason Jason again. Yeah, and then Connor uh, Connor Murphy, mm-hmm. who was on a team at the games, and he was extremely helpful in fine tuning the the skills that it takes to be a great CrossFit coach. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So. Uh, so I just I just absolutely love seeing people um, become better versions of themselves each time that they step in in the box. Yeah. Well, my parents' garage at the time, and uh, yeah. So how long was it after he had these people coming over to your garage that you decided to jump in? Oh my goodness, I was there. You were one of the very first people. Yeah, I was oh. there almost immediately. Okay. Yeah, and I would do the of course the morning programs because. It was easier for me and they weren't as crowded at that point and uh, it's when I look back and I think of the amount of people that we did or you did fit into that small space Mm. um, but now compared to what it has now you know it's uh, the growth has been just mind-boggling yeah Yeah. (laughs) to think that and it's not even well, it's four years from yeah, beginning. A year and a half in this but facility. But a year and a half in this facility. Yeah. yeah. Coming up on yeah. two in June. Yeah. So where where were the athletes coming from when you first started? So one, and this is the great thing about word of mouth marketing, is mm. uh, the word of mouth marketing was extremely helpful. One person would tell someone that this CrossFit thing that they heard about uh, was happening in some person's garage. <laughs> yeah. You would park on the side of the road. You would walk up. His, his his driveway, which we have a, a long up like uphill driveway, yeah. and walk into this place with the garage doors always open for the summertime at that point, mm-hmm. and just just throw down 
with everybody and it ended up becoming a community um, within my, my parents' garage. Um, each per- Another person would tell another person and then the biggest thing was that we got, I got uh, a lot of the medical community. I got a lot of the doctors who started coming to my parents' garage and then they told others what what I was doing and it was just, it just exploded from there. I ended up getting, I think it was 54 people out of my parents' garage before I decided that, or not even decided, just even had another thought that maybe I could I could make a real go of this. Because at that point, it was like $30 a month. <laughs> Seriously, $30 a wow. month. You come in, you get whatever class you want, yeah. and if I'm there, which I'm, I lived at home, yeah. I'm there all the time, you want to come work out with me on the side? I'm there. Yeah. So it was, uh, it was extremely important for the building blocks of a solid community because all those a lot of those people are still here with me that's what i was going to comment on the when ones that just had started originally are still here yeah 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 it's crazy and then you moved up to the yeah transgressed and went up to the yeah so i uh I ended up uh, searching and searching and searching and searching for a, a, a proper facility and ended up uh, renting out a space just, I'd say, two minutes down the road, mm-hmm. uh, 2,500 square feet, mm-hmm. 1,750 square foot uh, main space, and then a 750 square foot open gym area right. uh, that allowed me to grow to about, I think it was 145 members at that time, and I was there for two years, two and a half years. And is the Y the only large-scale uh, fitness facility alternative in the Bridgewater community? So just as I was getting ready to expand or considering building, mm-hmm. um, the Wines Den came in, mm-hmm. and they are a um, they are commercial-style gym, um, and they I think they have 10,000 square feet. But it's it's no it's not direct competition. Right. It is indirect. It's uh, the person who wants to go and use their gym. They they have a few classes, yeah. Um, but yeah, ours it's just a completely different market. Right. So at that point, yeah, it was uh, the Y, the Lions Den, and then there's another uh, boot camp uh, girl in in town as well. Yeah. Yeah. So we uh, 2,500 square feet, 1,750 square foot, 750 uh, open gym, and grew to about 150 people. And then I realized that, wow, I don't have any more room. Like people were just banging on the door. Yeah. And then I, I, I brought on another girl for boot camps because there was a lot of people out there that didn't want to do CrossFit. Mm-hmm. So I realized at a, at a very early stage that the more um, avenues you had, the more revenue that you could produce as a business owner and the more people that you could employ and build a solid staff and keep people here. Mm-hmm. A lot of the, a lot of my staff that if they didn't have obviously this position, I, I think they would be gone immediately. I mean, we have 10 people um, that work for me full time. Yeah. Um, that would probably be gone somewhere else, another province. And I, I take pride in that. The fact that I'm able to keep people, to here. Keep keep people, people in Bridgewater. Here. That's so important. Yeah. Um, and it's what the South Shore needs. Yeah. We need more small business owners to to take that risk. Yeah. And uh, I mean, it was a risk, but. Uh, and then you also incorporate the uh, different athletic. Right. So my whole business model is is not just CrossFit. Mm-hmm. Um, it's nutrition. 
Uh, I have a full-time dietitian on staff now. With uh, I just bought the in-body machine as well to mm-hmm. to give people the the full health and wellness uh, uh, aspect. Mm-hmm. I have Brogan Bailey, who's also the head coach of the the, the midget AAA team here in town. Uh, he does all my athletic training, all my sports teams. Uh, we have about I think fifteen teams, and then all the Q players are coming back for the summer to train off-season stuff, mm-hmm. and. Then I have uh, Paula, Wesley, and myself who cover the BFIT, which is our boot camp style classes. And they are just surrounded by people who want to get in and sweat. They don't want to do the heavy weights that CrossFit do. They don't want to run the Olympic lifts or the high technical stuff like gymnastics of muscle ups. They just want to get in and have a good workout. Yeah. Um, and then, of course, uh, Active Edge is the is such a, a retention holder because the minute anybody has any anything going on in the gym, uh, they get referred to Active Edge, and they they go in. They see Kristen, who's also my coach mm-hmm. on the nine hundred two side, or they see Paula, or they see Corbin, and and they get fixed up immediately, and they get are given modifications to get right back into class, mm-hmm. as opposed to I hurt myself. Cross it's horrible. Uh, right. Yeah. Two. Excuse me. Oh, and you just introduced a master's program. Yeah. Oh, yes. Yeah. I, uh, so I, I introduced a master's program. I started it out very simple. I, I, I marketed it through the paper, and I got about 20 people interested from ages 62 all the way up to 88. Oh, wow. Yeah. So we have uh, we have 18, pe- 18 masters on Monday, Wednesday, Fridays at 1.30 to 2.30 yeah. who are uh, extremely dedicated and uh, here every single day just... And the improvements that they are seeing at an older age are are mind blowing. Yeah, yeah, it's awesome. Now, Elaine, you've you've been the incubator for this business as it's gone on, mm-hmm. and certainly uh, in in the very early on portion of it. Throwing yourself in as an athlete has to have contributed to the confidence that Joel would have had to to see the business through. Um, were you immediately comfortable in that in the CrossFit environment? Is is you know yes. hanging onto a barbell at, at second nature to you? Uh, it is now. It wasn't then. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I mean, we Joel and I had a few little uh, meltdowns. Me mainly because uh, Mom, you just can't do that. Or Mom, no, you know that's not the right way. That's not the right. Um, what's the word I want? Movement. Uh, movement, yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, so, or, uh, or we, uh, so many questions. Or we, we go in and we're four years into uh, to this and what's a clean? <laughs> <laughs> what's, what's a snatch? Is the snatch that the one that goes with the shoulders? <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, I'm still doing that, aren't yeah, I? Yeah. I get that but, in a lot of my classes too, too. so yeah. Yeah, it, it yeah. happens. But I mean, all the coaches, they, they just accommodate me. Yeah. You know, they don't get upset with all the questions I ask or uh, the silly, sometimes silly questions. They just let answer them, do yeah. the, do it, and uh, it's fine with them. You know, yeah. all of them are very, very accommodating. So, what were what were some of the movements that um, you found most challenging when you first started that you can handle no problem now? Well, uh, I still. The squats were my big thing, mm-hmm. and I still struggle with them because I have hip issues. Mm-hmm. But um, that and um, I would say an overhead weight, you know, anything overhead is still a, a challenge for me. 
Um, and I've learned that my body can do what it can do, and I just discipline myself. I don't want to be hurt. I don't want to be uh, sitting out for a couple weeks at a time because I did try something I shouldn't have. So, uh, yeah, the squats and the overhead um, and lunges. Lunges are a challenge for me. And then the running. And the running, yeah. Running. I, don't, I don't run anymore at all. Right. No. Just a, a fast-paced fast walk. walk. Yeah. yeah. And it's, yeah, I mean, the biggest thing here is we have athletes, and we I call them, I call all my members athletes, mm-hmm. all, all the way down to age five across my kids. Yeah. And my mom's almost 70. And uh, all athletes all the way up to age 88. And everything can be scaled or modified or directed in a different way for each individual person to get the best workout. And that's the biggest thing I pride myself on with my staff is, is every single person that walks through a class should feel like they have an individualized method to the wad Mm -hmm. so that they get the best results. It's not like, okay, yes, it is group classes, but each person should know exactly what they feel or what they should be doing so that they get the best result after a workout right. and they're not injuring themselves. They're not over overreaching. Yes. Like at first CrossFit got that, that name, right? Yeah. Where it was like injury, injury, injury. Mm-hmm. But now it's, it's growing to the point of people actually people care or, or coaches care about what, what's happening in the gym. Right. Yeah. yeah. Mm. I totally agree. Yeah. What were what were some of the, the principal reservations that you might have had about starting in CrossFit? Or was it simply because Joel was, was going to be your coach that you just said, yeah. I, I can throw myself into it, no problem? Probably that was it. Yeah. If, I, if another CrossFit gym would have opened here, I yeah. probably wouldn't have went. Right. You know, unless Joel was going as well. Right. But, I mean, uh, yeah, that's the main reason I would go yeah yeah because i knew i had his support and his instruction and he knew my limitations yeah yeah. so what was the commute to the new location a deal breaker for you you (laughs) that was a big bonus big bonus Right, yeah. yeah. Up on a bin to the gym. <laughs> Literally 10 steps. Yeah. And you were, you were in the facility. Yeah. 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 So, uh, that was neat. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. I, I'd come home different days. Some days I'd have to park in the street because he would have, uh, if he was training uh, the group or the, the teams, mm-hmm. he'd have a lot of the equi- equipment lined up on the pavement of the driveway. Oh, right. And, yeah. Uh, yeah. So, we got a few, uh, we got a few neighbor complaints. Of uh, the amount of car, yeah. so we live on a we live on a an, a dead end road, cul de sac, and the the road was just lined with cars. Parking like, always up a premium down. on a cul de sac. Yes, yeah. and people were like, "What is going on?" It's, well, at first, they didn't at first know. they didn't know, right? Yeah. People were just walking up, and then, um, yeah, it just it just exploded like yeah. the, the there was enough room for the cars anymore people were parking on the main road and then I that's when I realized that I probably needed a little bit more space yeah. and then the, the house that was next door to the garage of course with any heavy weights when they drop them mm. uh, that was uh, a little uh, you get their challenging you yeah. do yeah you got their attention out of but bed. I mean it got worked <laughs> out you know yeah. on both sides so yeah. Yeah. 
you just recruit them as athletes? <laughs> we tried. They can't tried. complain if they're participating. Yeah. Right. We no. tried. We've had, I mean, we've had multiple people in the community <clears throat> who, when we first opened up, said that they would never, ever do CrossFit. Mm. And we now have them. Yeah. Just, and it's, it's, it's not just the, the fitness. It's also the community, community. aspect. The community yeah. is so important. Um, I mean, everyone has their own opinion. Maybe you should just be focusing on fitness, but the community is what keeps people around. It's, yeah. it's walking through the gym every single day and knowing you're going to have one of the best hours of your day. Yeah. All you, all you worry about is just walking in and we take care of the rest. There is not a single thing that you have to think about except making sure that you're, uh, you're doing things properly and listening to the coach. Yeah. Uh, people really value that and they're starting to realize um, yes we are way more expensive than anything rural that people have seen around here mm. as opposed to paying a 30 or 40 dollar a month membership we charge 140 yeah and people people really are, are understanding why now because we have education behind our our, our coaches mm. uh, we know what we're doing we have experience and the biggest thing is is the experience. The more experience you get, the better you become. Yeah. Whether it's business, whether it's um, coaching, um, whether it's just daily life activities, if you continue to do things with a purpose, yeah. uh, uh, the right direction, you just continue to get better and better. Yeah, that, that, that's certainly one of the things that um, all of the all the CrossFit affiliates uh, consistently wind up having to demonstrate the value to justify yeah. Um, what their what their pricing is, yeah. um, but I think they all do an excellent job um, setting themselves apart yeah. by all the things you said. The, the level of investment in people and education and experience that each of the the coaches in every facility I've been to in Nova Scotia has been really top tier, very invested in their community, very involved in their in their athletic development, yeah. and they know their their athletes and they know every little thing that that needs to be modified in yeah. one workout versus another. And so the coaches and, and the athletes are all kind of part of this little symbiotic relationship mm-hmm. in order to progress in their, in their fitness level. And that translates into better lifestyle outside of the gym as well. And so then they really start to feel the value that they're getting out of that as opposed to the, you know, 40 or $50 a month that they just drop in and nobody says hi to them. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. You know, it's, yeah. it's a very different it's environment. So yeah. you know what you're, you know what you're looking for, you know what you're getting into just about any CrossFit facility. Absolutely. Yeah, I, I have to make a comment on that too because I did attend another gym. Mm-hmm. And I mean, there's just no comparison when you walk in. You walk in, there's no greeting. Well, sometimes I have to say, yes, yeah, at the reception, sometimes you would get a greeting yeah. there. But you go in and you don't know any of the other, nobody wants to talk and say, yeah. hi, how are you? You know? They just want to be on the machine yeah. and do what they have to it's do. It's a little like getting on the subway. Yeah, yeah. It is. Exactly. Avoid eye contact. Yeah. Don't talk to anybody. Exactly. Just go from point A to point B and get off. I mean, <laughs> and it was like a, a chore for me to go there, yeah. you know, because it, number one, it was boring as well because there was no variety. Yeah. And uh, yeah, but you come in this gym and everybody is has a greeting for you. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's a silly greeting. Sometimes yeah. it's, you know, it's... Yeah. But, it's just a nice feeling to come in and know that uh, your friends are here. Yeah, I mean, and it's it's interesting too that despite the fact that 
Um, you know, CrossFit is like all, all the gyms are independently owned and operated. They have kind of a similar philosophy in, mm-hmm. in terms of how they approach training and in particular how they approach community. They, like they, mm-hmm. they, I think they've all come to recognize that the community is one of the principal drivers that uh, retains athletes, brings new athletes in because they're a fantastic source of referrals. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the, the, the joke uh, uh, about, you know, the, the one rule of CrossFit is tell everyone about CrossFit kind of thing. I mean, yeah. we all we all wind up evangelizing CrossFit to our friends yeah. once we become super involved in the community. Yeah. And that the idea that when you walk into a CrossFit gym, that that one hour that you're there is supposed to be the best hour of your day because mm-hmm. everybody is very welcoming. Everybody, um, you know, that that community is looking forward to seeing you. You're high-fiving people as you feel like you accomplished something. Yeah. I mean, that that's a radically different feeling than it is when you go into gyms of other styles. Yeah. Um, and, it, and it does, fortunately, set CrossFit apart. It does. Um, and then you have the unique advantage of being the only CrossFit affiliate in this area. So then you're able to set the bar and, yeah. and set an expectation for how CrossFit is different from everyone else. And, and that's the biggest thing is I've always said is we, we have no competition. So when we have people coming through the doors, how do they know they're getting a good service or they're not? Right. And they're like, okay, well, you know, all, that's all we've ever known is 902. Right. I want to make sure that when that person does go to a different gym, then they're like, Wow. Yeah, they feel the difference. Wow. Mm-hmm. I cannot believe the service we're getting at 902 compared to another box. And I'm not saying another box isn't doing a good job. I'm just saying I've always strived to be the best the best coach gym around. Mm-hmm. Um, because you can fall in, in complacency so easily mm-hmm. and just allow people to be, you know, you know, mediocre. Right. And I always tell my coaches, I say, guys. It's not that I'm... Guys and girls. (laughs) Sorry, I have to be politically correct now. Guys and girls, uh, I am not upset or I'm not mad about what's happening right now. It's just I want to be better. Mm -hmm. I want to be better and I'm going to give you the tools to do it. Whether it's more education, whether it's more more in-person talk-to-talks about reviews about how they coached Mm -hmm. to make them the best possible version of themselves as a coach right. uh, to deliver the best possible service yeah. uh, so that every single time, no matter if it's 6 a.m. or 7.30 p.m., uh, you get the same thing across the board and you get the same experience yeah. because in that, in, in now we have 6 a.m., 7 a.m., 9 a.m., 10, 12, 3.30, 4.30, 5.30, 30, 30, Monday to Fridays. Mm-hmm. I mean, it is nonstop. Right. Uh, and, of course, the weekend's Eight, eight classes on the weekend as well, yeah. Saturdays and Sundays. Yeah. So we, we really have to I, we have to be on top of our game to make sure we're offering the best service we can. So in, in transitioning from the garage to your first facility mm-hmm. and uh, you know significantly increasing not only your amount of space but the division of space too, yeah. um, and then subsequently moving from that location to this location again. Mm-hmm. Massive increase in space, but different utilizations of space. So is this this notion of layering on additional uh, elements of value one of the underpinnings of, of your growth strategy? Absolutely. I mean, um, when we were up at that space, there was very limited open gym uh, up at the old space. Right. 
it was class mm-hmm. and there wasn't that many classes. I mean, we maybe had, we had three classes per evening mm-hmm. and it's always about adding more value, whether it's equip more equipment, mm-hmm. new equipment, um, more open gym space, which is important for a lot of members. Yeah. But at the same time, a lot of none, I don't think we have one member falling like comp train or misfits. Everyone's following our programming. Right. Um, but we always, I've always tried to continue to add value and not just say, oh man, I'm, look at all the revenue coming in. I'm just going to keep it. It's always about reinvesting, 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 yeah. reinvesting, reinvesting yeah. and, you know, making sure that you keep the people happy and coming back for more. I, I just, I just made a big investment on new equipment mm-hmm. um, so that we could have, I have 18 rowers, I have 18 bikes um, so that, so that people have one bike or one rower per person in, per class, person in yeah. class. Yeah. and it's been huge for injuries because yeah. uh, rowing and biking are much easier on your body than thrusters and pull-ups right. and burpees and box jumps and all the yeah. the the regular crossfit moves yeah. because it's so hard to program um uh rowing or biking when you have five rowers and you have 18 people in class yeah as long well you, you can do it but it's more challenging it is yeah and it and and it makes things more challenging for the coach of that class too because the either the flow is built into the yep. programming or yep. the coach has to adjust right. to the flow in order to accommodate differences in equipment availability and and that sort of thing which they already have to do to modify for yep. people's abilities mm-hmm. um, whether they've got an injury that they're dealing with or what have you so having a limitation that you know, winds up clashing with yeah. the programming in terms of equipment challenges them even further. The uh, the other biggest one I, I have to say is the amenities, and not just the gym amenities, but the bathrooms mm-hmm. and the the quality of the facility. Now, um, yeah. people really care about a clean area, and I'm I'm very um, OCD on making sure that the gym stays extremely clean. Yeah, and uh, and people are extremely thankful for that because I've been to multiple boxes around mm-hmm. and there's been different mm-hmm. levels of cleanliness. Yeah. You walk up to a barbell and you see blood on a barbell and chalk all over a barbell. Yeah. Um, that's, that's deterring for a older, mm. not just older, but anybody yeah. walking up and seeing blood on a barbell. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's, it's, it, it can be intimidating CrossFit and this industry can be so intimidating if you, if you let it as an owner. Yeah. You you have to make sure that it's it's a welcoming experience for everyone, and it's a daily grind yeah. to, to to keep that that level of excellence. Yeah. I just want to go back to when you came here. Mm-hmm. Remember the uh, it was you closed down for like a long weekend. Yeah, you would not have believed the people that showed up to help tear down the boxes mm-hmm. and get rid of the junk, the the garbage. And set up the equipment. Yeah. It was amazing the amount of people Unbelievable. that showed up. Fifty people literally spent twelve hours a day for a full like a full three days of just going at it, putting together bikes, rowers, yeah. uh, treadmills, uh, dumbbell racks, uh, squat racks, everything. Yeah. And they did. They just it's the community. Yeah. And you always go back to the community, no matter what. It's you make so many valuable relationships that would never have happened for this yeah. if it wasn't for this. Yeah. And you, you, if I was in Bridgewater 
and doing a daily job and I didn't have this, I, I have no idea what I would do with my life. I don't you know what I would travel. do. I wouldn't be, I wouldn't be in Bridgewater. No. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's a... Uh, and then getting back also to somebody who is scared to cross uh, do CrossFit or nervous or intimidated. Um, there's people that have signed up and are doing it, mm-hmm. but I can remember the fears. The biggest fear was, oh, but this was before the Navy they even thought they'd sign up. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, but... I'm going to be, everybody's going to be looking at me and seeing and watching what I'm doing. And mm. I, you don't worry about that in this gym. Everybody is number one, helpful to make sure you're, you're comfortable doing what you're doing, mm-hmm. but they don't look at you and say, okay, is that all you lifted this morning? Or uh, can't you get down further on that squat? Or yeah. that's not what they do here. Everybody is encouraging to what you can do, not you know, yeah, it's, it's doing, nice that judgment is checked at the door. Yeah, judgment when, is when checked at the door. Yeah, to a CrossFit gym, it's, nobody it's, ego and judgment don't really have a place in, no. in the typical CrossFit environment because the Shouldn't. community it just the community yeah. wouldn't allow it to yeah. to continue. No. Um, you know the the positivity that um, that I've felt at every gym that I've been to um, has been really off the charts. Now, I mean, your community's really unique. They're very fervently involved. I mean, I was down here for your Christmas competition, and uh, that was amazing. I mean, it was a huge, huge event, massive turnout, Um, not just from athletes, but I mean, just everybody on the floor had four or five people in the, watching. Watching them, yeah, cheering them on. You know, I mean, and and that's, that's exactly what you want from a community you know not just the not just the support of fellow athletes but the support of their families because they're all they're all seeing what -hmm. kind of time and what kind of effort they're pouring into being healthier Mm -hmm. and moving better and you know that and then presumably that winds up translating into the rest of their life when they're outside of the gym so you know the uh the amount of people that we get through events who come just to watch someone because uh they're supporting and then they join after they see such the 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 positive uh, feeling yeah. that they get when they walk through the door. Uh, it's, I, pro- it's probably even better than when they drop in to watch a class because oh, I mean the, yes. the, the atmosphere is electric. Oh my gosh, it's electric, event. electric! Yeah. Mm-hmm. People are like screaming and and cheering and high fiving yeah. and rolling around on the floor, yeah. completely destroyed from one of the workouts. Yeah. You know, in a good way. Yeah. And uh, yeah, it's just I've gotten so many people hooked through that in a, in in the CrossFit community just by them coming to watch their peer or their husband yeah. or their wife and they said that oh I would never do anything like that. They have no idea what happens in our doors and they walk in through the doors and they're like Wow. I'm I'm about to do something I never said I would do. Yeah. And and then they're they're there in the next intro program and have been long term members. Yeah. Mm. Double check. I'm going to pump up our levels a little bit. Yep. Yeah. Uh, so, when when you moved into the new facility, um, was that something that you had? Um, did you have a timetable to get yourself into more space, or from my parents' it, garage? Uh, well, or from I mean, this? I, I guess really at at each of the stages. Yeah. Um, you know, I mean. 
it sounds like moving into a bigger space from the garage was just a necessity yeah. um, because you saw it as, as an opportunity to, to really turn it into a full-time business. Right. And, you know, there were limitations on how many clients you could potentially see yeah. in the physical space that you had. You bump up to the next space. Um, how long was it before you were already starting to think about what the next space was going to look like? It was about a year and a half in. Mm-hmm. And I realized that if I wanted to do what I wanted to do and make this a real life um, uh, job, mm-hmm. that I that I needed more space, and I needed to make it um, appealable to everybody. In the sense that the facility that I had was like a regular CrossFit gym. You walked in; it was kind of like an, a, a dungy feel. Um, one shower, bathrooms that were shared, and I wanted. To have control over everything. So about a year and a half in, I said, I'm going for it. I uh, started the application uh, and seeing what I could get for money. Mm-hmm. Obviously, I have to have money in order to build something like this. Right. And uh, had to have projections and uh, cash flow statements and, and everything so that when I did get approved, um, I had a plan. And the plan was six months um, to figure everything out, uh, design a building that I wanted to design it the way it would be set up to allow for, uh, my five programs that I had mm-hmm. and then just build on that. So eventually at the two and a half year mark, I was like, all right, let's go for it. And, uh, I pulled the trigger mm-hmm. and it was just, there was no plan really. It was just, um, from there, it was just, get everything done right (laughs) like it was such a whirlwind of a month i've never i've never worked so many hours in my life (laughs) um when i first started up at the old facility i didn't even have one coach it was just me Mm -hmm. and i would sleep there right like from 6 a.m until 9 p.m mondays to fridays and then the weekends from nine to two and it's just uh there's never been a real plan i i got to my parents garage it worked out. I got to that space. It worked out, and now I'm here yeah. in this. It's it's uh, it's unbelievable how quickly it's it's happened, especially in a rural community. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the community sport is like I said, it's a community. Yeah, <coughs> yeah. And so when you when you moved into this facility, did you did you? Uh, I mean, the space that I've seen, you already had set aside for treatment rooms, for example, yep. for the physiotherapy to be a part of the gym. Was that available and, and lined up from day one? Um, yeah. So in order to really make this work for myself financially, I realized that I would probably need a renter mm-hmm. or someone that would uh, have, give me a supplementary income, but also um, have positive uh positive business within the same building. So I wasn't going to be a hairstylist or someone out of my building. Yeah. Active Edge and Justin was a long-term, long-time friend mm-hmm. and had a very successful and has a very successful uh, clinic. Mm-hmm. Kristen was not with Justin, who is my co- one, who was my CrossFit coach at the time. Mm-hmm. She was working in a separate physio clinic. Mm-hmm. Uh, I proposed to her, Kristen, wouldn't it be a dream to work in a gym and be at the gym at all times. Mm-hmm. And uh, she took the risk and signed on with Justin, who was Active Edge. Mm-hmm. 
and it's it's been extremely beneficial from both sides. The amount of tra- foot traffic that we get from Active Edge and the amount of foot traffic that 902 gives Active Edge, it is. I think it's almost essential for retention uh, because if you go to a different clinic, some people are not CrossFit people. They're That's gonna, true. They're going to tell you. Yeah. They're going to tell you to stop. Yeah. Or they're going to tell you, you know, I've had so many experiences with that where someone hurts themselves. Um, they go to some, they go somewhere else mm. and they're told that they shouldn't be doing this anymore and their membership gets turned off. Right. Whereas it's m- most likely a minor, minor tweak that can be, that can be fixed as long as they just stay the course. Right. There are so many people in, in the, in this industry as members and clients that that they they have one minor setback and it's I'm done yeah. it's over can't do it and retention is is the biggest thing in this industry mm. you can't retain members and you can't keep people uh, coming to the gym four to five days a week consistently yeah. that hundred and forty dollar month membership is now looking like three hundred dollars a month for them right. and it will be turned off like that yeah. as soon as they can. Um, so we, you got to keep if those people are paying that premium membership, especially in a rural community, you you have to keep their attention and you have to keep them coming back and seeing results. Yeah. So it, it that's that's the that's a huge yeah huge challenge. challenge. Now, Elaine, you must have um, uh, you know a family doctor and and various different people that that you see every yes. so often mm-hmm. what was their reaction when you told them you're crossfitting now and, uh, and like my, did they have any reservations about what my, you were doing my doctor she said wow she said that's wonderful keep at it she said that's that'll yeah. be do you body do your body good yeah. and your mind yeah and now she's very supportive my doctor uh my osteopath mm-hmm. very supportive and of course, uh, well, my massage therapist comes here, so she's very supportive. <laughs> Naturally, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Now, uh, I didn't have any negativity at all. That's pretty great. I mean, yeah. uh, you know, I, I've had kind of a mixed experience myself. Like certain practitioners, not so crazy about it. Other mm-hmm. practitioners, they're like, eh, yeah, go for it. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, it, it, you wind up having to educate them a little bit on what it really is because yeah. they, they don't always mm-hmm. have a really clear understanding. They buy into the hype. They they understand some pretty superficial facts about CrossFit and don't really dig any deeper. True. And so you do wind up facing a little bit of resistance depending on who it is that, that yeah. you're talking to and what kind of exposure they've had to this idea of functional fitness. All they think is super intense. They yes. don't think about yep, the scary. functional reality of CrossFit games. what everything is. Yeah. You know. And um, Joel has the same doctor as Dave and I. Mm-hmm. And uh, Joel doesn't go to her that often because he's a fairly healthy guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, but um, every time Dave and I go, how's Joel doing? Is he expanding again soon? And <laughs> I said, well, there's talks about it, but you yeah. know, she's very interested yeah. You know, and, uh, yeah. I mean, we have, I have 15, at least 15 to 20, um, people medical. with the medical mm-hmm. and, and all of them are the head surgeons here in Bridgewater. <laughs> right. And, uh, GPs yeah. and cardiologists, um, and specialists who, who support me. And then for them to other people to say the opposite, oh, you do CrossFit. It, it, there needs to be, uh, some type of avenue where everyone's on the same page, 
right? Where we have doctors saying CrossFit's one of the best things that has ever happened to this town. And then you have the opposite. Oh, you shouldn't be doing CrossFit. You shouldn't be doing That's crazy, mm. right? We, 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 it's, I just feel like the industry... Well, it's in the that education, sense, I think. Yeah. They don't research it and... Yeah. They don't understand the, it. They don't understand so it. So things that people don't understand, they... they they just automatically they say automatically it's no good. They automatically say it's no good. Yeah. It's bad for you. Yeah. But, yeah, it's just, I, I wish we could just get those people who are who are just a little bit negative about it to jump on board mm-hmm. and or at least come in and check us out before they're they're telling their, their patients that they shouldn't be doing something. Yeah. Well, I mean, you're addressing that in your own way anyway. I mean, by having members of the medical community as That's true. members. Yep. Yes. I mean, they, they influence what other people perceive of CrossFit. Yeah. And so, you know, certainly anyone that's in their sphere would be influenced, at least in part, that's by true. what their experience has been. Yeah. Uh, particularly if they've been around a little while and, and so they they really have a true understanding of what CrossFit is and isn't yeah. and how, how it integrates with your day-to-day life and, and the fitness that it brings to your, your day-to-day experience outside of the gym. Yeah, yeah the amount of people that uh, come to me after being here for six months, uh, the biggest one lately is one of my masters. She's the 88-year-old who comes to class. Her name's Greta. And the improvements that she has seen in her mobility and her flexibility and her balance and her, I mean, it is all the, the, the basic uh, things that CrossFit just educates you on, educates you on stability, coordination, uh, balance, stamina throughout the day. Uh, And she's 88 years old and you have people who are 20 years old. They come for one class. Sorry, sorry. One intro program. Uh, and they're like, oh, I can't do this. This stuff is crazy. They're overwhelmed. They're overwhelmed. <clears throat> it's all in mindset. And and people just need to suck suck it up. Yeah. Right? They need to say, okay, I'm going to give this a shot. But she has, oh my gosh, she could barely lift one of her arms over her head. And now she's able to reach her whole arm oh, all wow. the way over yeah. her head. I mean, at 88 years old, yeah. the most important thing to stay out of a nursing home is... Number one, to be able to sit down on a toilet and get up off your off the toilet, which is a squat, yeah, right. And being able to pick something up off the ground or put something up overhead is also very important yeah. for independence. Yeah. I mean, all the stuff that we do, we we try to apply it to to everyday life yeah. for those those certain individuals. And until we lose the ability to do that, we take those movements for granted. Yeah, yes, uh, absolutely. And we don't think of physical training as preparedness for everyday living Mm. Um, we really don't Um, you know the vast majority of people that come into the gym think okay I'm here to get fit and they don't translate that into their everyday they don't Um, we've got a a master's member um, she just turned 70 we did did a little happy birthday video for her while she was away in Florida and she just came back this weekend and uh, she is um, she'll be embarrassed when she listens to this but she she is ridiculously fit. And for her, it was about being better on the golf course. Yeah. She, she, she's very competitive. <laughs> and it, it shows in class. Um, and she joined with her daughter uh, about three years ago now. And, um, you know, she's gradually picked up skills and levels of fitness that you would not associate with somebody her age. Yeah. Um, and for her, it's, you know, out on the golf course. She likes to be able to move better and... and yeah. 
hit longer and not have to take a cart when when all of the people that she golfs with do. Right. Um, she doesn't, you know, yeah. she, and she prides herself it's on her. Do you, do you want me to? Do you, you want do. you want? No, you. So uh, one of my mom's best friends who now has joined the gym, Terry O'Neill, yeah. who is also. Dave Rafus's mom. Oh, okay. Uh, who yeah. owns Blended Athletics. Yeah. Her th- his whole family comes here. Yeah. Um, including his sister uh, and her daughter. And last year, Terry uh, made the comment after doing CrossFit for over a year that she's put 50 yards. And how old is, sorry, uh, Terry's about your age. She's a year younger than a year I am. You're younger than 68. you. 68. Mm-hmm. And she's put 50 yards on her drive in golf. Wow. Yeah, she was just talking about this the other day. Yeah. Like, mind-blowing. And she the still strength. walks the 18. Walks the 18, yeah. right? Yeah, you are, as well. You are only as old as you let your body get. Yes. You yeah. Like, if you say, okay, well, I'm getting older. You know, <laughs> I hate that. I hate that saying. Mm. Oh, I'm getting older. I can't do the things I used to do. Yeah. No. You can. And you should. And it's actually more important to do things and stay active as you get older than to just make the excuse that I'm getting older. Yeah, it's the age. Can't, it's the age, you know, can't do those things as you get more older. It's just, it's, it's, I hate that stigma. Yeah. Yeah, and I, I man, coming back to your, your member, I mean, it's happening all around the world, those yeah. things. Yeah. We have one, you have one. 15,000 boxes have one. Yeah. Think yeah. about the, the overall health of the globe just from CrossFit. Yeah. And it's, it's, uh, it's yeah, amazing. Yeah, where, it's where would all those, see, right? all those people be? Right, Otherwise. so many more people yeah. would be chronically ill, yeah. dying at a, or going into a nursing home and having a, a, a lower, uh, lower lifestyle or you know, a yeah. capacity as, as an 80-year-old. That's, that's the thing that I love, like when, when we walk into any of these communities, and, and in particular when I talk to the coaches and, and the owners of the gyms, they're all so quick to be able to share a story about a member that yeah. is, you know, in the 70s or 80s, moving like they're 50, moving yeah. like they're 40, or just moving like age is just not a factor at all. Right. Yeah. Uh, people that have came in that were either uh, already type 2 diabetic or were on the verge and now no threat of any kind. Right. People that have peeled off life-changing amounts of weight uh, and finding like they found a family that, that supports yeah. them through that, that change in their lifestyle. Absolutely. I mean, you know, these are, these are changes that are you know, really massive for so many different people. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's something that I think, you know, I mean, every, every gym, every uh, type of gym has some success in moving the needle. Mm-hmm. I think the investment in time um, relative to what people get out of it is a little bit higher mm-hmm. um, in this kind of environment where the community is so supportive and the, the intensity of the fitness provides results a little bit more quickly, I think. And, and mm-hmm. as long as people stick with it, they recognize that fact. It's the uh, the empowerment of someone losing twenty or thirty pounds and the self uh, self confidence that that person builds mm-hmm. is life changing for them. Yeah. I mean, uh, that that and alone is is what brings you back every single day. The the changes that you see in in individuals uh, yeah. within your own community, and to know that you are directly impacting the health of a smaller community for the better. Uh, and I'm able to do it in my hometown yeah. of where I grew up and be able to make sure that my mother, who is almost 70, 
lives the best quality life that she possibly can and stays healthy and independent yeah. is, is so important to me. It always has been such a, a rewarding feeling seeing my mom walk through the doors and her to build friendships, relationships, build her fitness, build her strength, yeah. and, and just become um, a well-rounded athlete. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I've never right? been called an athlete. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Yes, no, you have. I call you an athlete. No, I, but I mean before. Well, yeah, yeah. right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, most of us never would have thought of, thought of ourselves that way since we were kids. No, no. When when athletics was part of your everyday living, it was right. it was very different. And then you get into the regular grind of the work week and mm-hmm. family life, and you know your your mentality kind of shifts a shifts little bit. bit. Yeah. Totally. And fortunately, you know, we're kind of shifting it back a little bit, realizing that this this kind of Fitness training has has a, a place, place in that environment as well. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you get the open, for example. None of no mm-hmm. nobody here is going to the CrossFit Games. So why would you do the? Why do people do the open? Mm-hmm. You you do the open because it number one, it's a community. Yeah. Obviously, uh, number two, you take pride in being able to do certain things, mm-hmm. uh, which are extremely challenging in the open, no matter what age you are. Yeah. Um, which is why people get first pull-ups. Right. Or, you know, they hit PRs on their lifts because yeah. they're challenging themselves to do something that, uh, you know, either they haven't managed to do before or yeah. they've just not tried yet. Yeah. And mom, mom has always been gone to Anguilla. But she goes away down south mm. um, every year during the Open. And finally, she's, she's so excited to do the Open yeah. this year. Uh, in October, In October. Mm. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The, the right? shift the in shift. the timetable is, yeah. is ideal. Oh, yeah. it is. So... Her whole f- friend group, uh, her aged uh, group, are, are doing the open. I mean, with the open shift, a lot of boxes had a decrease in in people signing up, but I actually had the opposite. An mm-hmm. increase. I think I had 112 members wow. do the open. Yeah. And it was it was another an amazing uh, community event that we always try to we always try to do a community event every two to three months. Right. And that's what keeps people you know excited about fitness. Because if you just get into the grind of workout, 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 mm. workout, yeah. you, you give people something to kind of to kind of strive towards. Yep. So yeah. Yeah, goal setting along the way, including totally. community events, yep. is is mm-hmm. tremendous. Yeah. Uh, we're kind of in the same boat at Osprey, an event every couple of months, kind of thing. Whether it's something that we're putting on or something that that someone else is putting on, and we're just getting part of our community go to it. And we've got uh, quite a number of athletes that are going to be headed to Moncton for the D Town Throwdown. Yeah. And it's because we we like to travel as a group. It's a bit of a road trip for mm. all of us. We, it all takes us back to our twenties when when, <laughs> when that kind of thing would have gone on on a regular basis. So yeah. You know, it's it's nice to be able to do that with the the people that you enjoy spending time with during the week. Yeah, totally. Do you yeah. wind up? Uh, how often do you do you wind up coming in for a class? Uh, I have been coming four days a week. Wow, mm. nice. Yeah, and hopefully I'll continue. Yeah, yeah. She uh, ten a.m. is her thing. Ten a.m. Yeah, yeah. she's got her crew. She's got her posse. <laughs> she's got her ten a.m. posse. It's just like the other day. We of course we always. We carry on maybe a little more than we should, but anyway, um, uh, I was coming down, taking some weights back on the from the uh, the mouth there, and uh, one of our uh, uh, great members, Pippi, he says, uh, "Oh, he's he was putting his away at the same time." He says, "Oh my gosh, I just love you guys. You you fellas just make this class so much fun." <laughs> 
Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the the differences in like you have the six AMs and the seven AMs who walk in and you can hear bones creak. Oh yes. Because yeah. six AM is just like Yeah. I just woke up <laughs> and it's like so quiet and then you have yeah. the ten AM and nine AMs who are super energetic, like <laughs> laughing and never it never stops the laughing <laughs> the 12 o'clock you know who are the ones who who are coming from work <laughs> right right yeah. like immediately like they're just on time yeah and they're great getting into class and they're like all right see you guys yeah. and they're out <laughs> yeah. and then you get the the, the 330 435 and the 330 and the 430s are the ones right after, right after work yeah. so they're just getting off they're a little tired but you get them kind of get them flowing into class and they start to they start perk up, perk up have right. a little bit more fun. Yeah. And then the five thirty, six thirty, seven thirties are the normally the, the ones who have kids. Right. Uh, who are switching off with we have a lot of we have a lot of um, couples. Yeah. Who one switch off comes one, one parent time, comes one parent comes to a different time. Yeah, and then the seven thirty ones who have younger kids yeah. who put their kids to bed. Uh, one parent stays home yeah. or the other one does new CrossFit and they're there with them. Yeah. So it's uh yeah, we have quite a few of those. Right? So you kind of, it's yeah. funny, you know, you get the, the different demographics and the different fields and classes. Yeah. And it, it depends, you know, sometimes others come at different times. So you might have a class where it feels a little bit more competitive because you have a few athletes who take CrossFit a little bit more seriously. But yeah. the biggest thing you always come back to is whether it's myself or Chad or Wesley, or one of my coaches or my mom, It you're never better than anybody else. Right. You are always on the same level, yeah. and you are always just as encouraging for someone who just snatched two thirty or two hundred twenty-five pounds oh, yeah. to someone who just snatched the barbell, yeah. right for the first time. Yeah, and it has to be that way. If it's not, then then there's something wrong with your 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 class design and your community. Yeah, and that's one of the things that's kind of nice about people having their time slot too, because they get to know the other people in the class, and mm-hmm. so they'll they'll know when it's a first. Of something for for another athlete, right. and so they're they're genuinely happy to see somebody snatch the barbell yeah. for the first time or get Absolutely. their first pull up because they know how hard that person has been working for weeks and weeks and weeks getting up to, getting up to that point. Yeah. Um, and that's one of the things that's kind of nice about the open too is that during the open, um, all the different time slots wind up kind of jumbling together. Mm. And so you know, no matter how uh, focused you are on your particular time slot and the people that you work out with on a day to day basis, you, everybody winds up together. Um, during the open in particular and, and getting an opportunity to, to really mix it up as a group. Yeah, when we're away, uh, I just love watching some of the videos that they post from the open and all of the... Yeah. The, the vlogs. The, oh, we just started yeah. vlogs. Yeah. I don't know if you've seen any yeah, of them, but we've, we've started the vlogs and just giving people a look. And it, it's a it's a good marketing tool to, to let people see what's going on, yeah. to kind of break down the stigma of CrossFit Scary. Yeah. And you see, like, Charlotte running around and the kids, you know, like, we're, we're, we are a community in the sense of kid-oriented as well. Yeah. As long as it's it's safe, you know, yeah. the kids are in the corner. We have a designated area. Yeah, yeah and, little, uh, little Charlotte, what is she? She's, she's almost two, two now. Yeah. yeah, almost two. She comes with the little, if, if we did have, like, which I would have, like, a two-and-a-half-pound weight at some point. Yeah. She'd take one and walk it up and put it away. <laughs> or the... the uh, the kids barbell will the, be yeah, dead in it, you know. Yeah. And it's it's such a positive environment when kids see their parents working out. Oh yeah. I mean, we have CrossFit kids, and I think we have thirty five CrossFit kids um, who work out while their parents are working out. 
mm-hmm. and then after their class is done because it's a little shorter come over and watch their parents right. throw down and it's just it's it's so such a positive positive thing for the for the kids to see yeah. how long into it did you wind up introducing the, the CrossFit Kids program um, I introduced the CrossFit Kids four months into the new building okay yeah I think it was four months and uh, one of my coaches Jenna who is also Brogan's uh, wife mm-hmm. uh, my strength conditioning coach uh, went down to Boston to do her kids course mm-hmm. and it's taken off I mean the kids absolutely, she's amazing she's a teacher as well yeah and she's she's such a positive role model for those for the kids it's it's awesome yeah I love it I love all the different aspects that that we've, we've created here yeah. and it's it's kind of become its own I mean obviously I facilitated it but it's it's just become something completely that I never thought could have been possible yeah yeah so Elaine what are your what are your perceptions of where the business has gone so far and where you know Joel plans to take it next oh dear well I would say there's no limit right now mm-hmm. I mean he just keeps going and going and uh uh, what he has accomplished in such a short time is just mind-boggling, mm. you know. And to think how um, his dad eats crow every day, because uh, <laughs> to think how you know he was. He said, "I just wish they, uh, Joel would not get into this." He said, "I'm so scared for him." And da da. Yeah, he he but, and nothing against my dad. Yeah, but uh, he told me I could that I. Sh- I should not be doing this right when I first mm. when I went to invest um, and throw down eight hundred thousand dollars. I mean that's that's significant. It's a risk. Yeah. That's scary mm. as hell. Yeah. So when he when he saw that, he just said, "This is not Bridgewater cannot sustain this. This mm. is not Halifax." And as mom said, he's eaten crow. For the past two years, <laughs> actually, the um, past four, because when he saw the people coming up the driveway to go to the garage, he says, "What's going on here?" <laughs> yeah, he, anyway, now he's yeah, it's uh, just, he's very know, supportive now. He's a local yeah. business owner as well, mm-hmm. and he wanted me to take over the the company. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if you see the trucks out back, but mm-hmm. he we have it's called Holland's Carriers, mm-hmm. and he uh, he wanted me to take that over. I've always wanted to go my own route. I took a bachelor of applied business and entrepreneurship with sport and recreation management, and I wanted, I wanted to put it to use. Yeah. I wanted to be in my field and not just be another one of the people that took a degree and did something completely different. I wanted right. to make sure that 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 what I did in school, I can, I can translate right into my everyday life work. Right. Yeah. 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 So what's what's the next big thing for nine oh two that you can divulge? <laughs> yeah, I can divulge. I mean, hopefully the expansion. Yep. Um, two more, two more spaces, and then Active Edge will hopefully be expanding. Mm-hmm. Um, they'll have another eight more treatment rooms, mm-hmm. and I'll have another uh, another five thousand square feet of gym. Wow. Yeah. So it'll be two more rooms. So the, right now, what's happening is we have uh, three spaces. We have the CrossFit space. We have the open gym slash BFIT slash athletic training slash CrossFit kids space, which is the problem. Mm-hmm. Um, and I want to have an open gym at all times. Right. So open gym at all times 
and then a main BFIT room, mm-hmm. and then a main athletic training room, which will allow for maximum maximum revenue from each of those groups as opposed to right now brogan can only do teams when it's not being used right or when like we've got to have a little bit open gym time for people who want to drop weights upstairs is okay for people as you know like we have the upstairs space yeah um which you can't drop weights but we will i really want people to be able to come in at all times and not say uh is the gym available for open gym right and have that space so there'll be two more spaces, uh, another 1,800 square foot space, hopefully, and another 1,700 square foot space, um, and of course with a little bit more storage than what we have. Yeah. I mean, like I said at the beginning of this interview, it's it's about experience, and I've built the first part of it, and now I know exactly what I want the gym to be and how I want the gym to run, yeah. and and making it the best possible place that can that can be the hub for health and wellness. I want to be known for health and wellness, not CrossFit. Right. I want to be known for people getting better through health and wellness, not we're a CrossFit gym. Yeah. I want this place to be, you know, here for the next 25, 25 years. Yeah. And when I retire, um, a young entrepreneur to take it over and, and it continue to go. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's, yeah. It's exciting, that's for sure. It's legacy building. Hopefully. Legacy, yeah. yeah. I mean, I've, I've worked my ass off to to make this a reality yeah. and uh, now it's just about continuing to keep the best quality service possible yeah excellent yeah alright Elaine, Joel thank you thank you very thank much for coming down appreciate it's, you making the nice, trip nice to go over all the memories again <laughs> <laughs> yeah. cool. alright thank you both that was awesome And that's time on this episode of the Box Jumper Podcast. I hope you enjoyed getting the inside story of the origins of 902 Athletics with Elaine and Joel as much as I did. 902 Athletics is the opposite of an if-you-build-it-they-will-come tale. Joel built a community into a rewarding business and has put his education and his passion to work to plan for the expansion to deliver even more value, more services, and bring more layers of fitness and health to that community. And when we walk back through how it all got started, it comes back to his mom. Elaine believed in Joel's vision and became not just a supporter, but one of his early success stories, an athlete that might never have tried CrossFit were it not for her connection to Joel. And that example, that anyone at any age can earn a level of fitness that improves their life outside of the gym, is officially or unofficially part of the message that 902 Athletics now sends to the community in Bridgewater. And that's why, with all the hard work that Joel has put in, the community is coming out in force to find fitness at 902 Athletics. Before I wrap up, I want to send a quick shout-out to iTunes user Kieran Begg from the UK for writing a review that read, A loosely CrossFit-based podcast with a slightly more mature focus in both senses of the word mature. With roughly one episode per month, I've noticed myself waiting for the next one to come out. Definitely a good sign. Well, it's been more like three months since I released my last episode, but hopefully I'll still leave a positive impression with this episode and with episodes that are coming up. I have a few more specifically lined up, so my publishing schedule should get a little bit more regular, and I hope that will encourage even more listeners to chime in with an iTunes review or by sending an email with some feedback. Please subscribe on your favorite podcasting platform so you get upcoming episodes automatically as I'm joined by more guests to talk about fitness and health. Thanks for tuning in. More interesting fitness topics are coming up. Until next time, stay healthy, wad happy, and wad often.